We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. To be honest, I would put myself in the same category as D-Wade. Welcome to the award-winning Roto-Wire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, sponsored by DraftKings. It's Friday, February 8th, 2019. Alex Berutha here, next to Shannon McEwen, and on the line is Ken K. Train-Kreitz. All aboard! You can find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Um, we appreciate a nice review. Otherwise, you can listen to this just straight on the Roto-Wire website. So... Uh, with the trade deadline ending yesterday, which is Thursday, we are going to that's going to take up a lot of the podcast. Um, so let's let's just jump right into things. Um, yesterday, uh, Nick and James talked a lot about the trades in the podcast, but we'll touch more on the fantasy implications of those. Um, I mean, some notable ones that we'll get to will be you know the the trade that sent Tobias Harris uh, to the 76ers, the Marcus Saul trade, stuff like that. Um, but maybe the most, uh, arguably the, the most notable thing was that Ken, Ken Anthony Davis did not get traded. Yeah, not only not traded, but even more shocking, later in the day, 
news out of New Orleans that they're going to play him. Now, I'm sure that's where it, uh, the league offices were nudging the Pelicans to do. I'll admit, when Davis came out a few days ago saying, I'm healthy and I intend to play every game, I was like, man, you've already put the organization in a bad situation, and now you're doing that PR spin about playing. Now you're putting them in an even worse situation. But uh, the Pelicans are going to go along with it. I mean, what promise? So what if he does hurt himself? The, you know, yeah. Like, what, what is, you know, the God, it's terrible. The Pelicans but are going. It, I'm, I'm just going to butt in right now, Ken. The Pelicans are going in. along with it because because the league mandated it. There's no way that they want to play him. He's going to sit out one half of all back-to-back games the rest of the season. That's all but guaranteed. Now, this isn't official reports. It's just my belief. His 37 minutes per game is going to come down considerably. They'll find other reasons to try to rest him as much as possible. You know, whatever there are, 27, 28 games left for the Pelicans. If he plays more than 20 of those, I will be amazed. If you own Anthony Davis, trade him immediately. You aren't. You probably aren't going to get first-round value from him, but if you can get a top-20 player still, if you can get second-round value, I would trade him immediately. Yeah, I was. I'm, I'm looking through Anthony Davis's game logs right now. Surprised to see, although I don't, I don't know if I should be. He's there's only been ten times this season, ten games where he's seen fewer than 36 minutes, which is shocking. Like from a guy who has had injury issues, where there's only been ten. There's I mean, there's only been four instances that he's played fewer than 30 minutes, uh, which is crazy to me. So I mean, if that's the case, yeah, he'll probably still put up 20 and 10. I assume he'll get his because. Um, I think part of the, you know, part of it is on Anthony Davis side, he doesn't want to play, you know, 22 minutes a night from here on out and ruin his numbers. I think he, you know, cares about his numbers enough to at least want to get his 20 and 10. Um, and he probably only needs 30 minutes to do that. But yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're an Anthony Davis owner, it's, it's, a, it's definitely a tough call on what to do. I would strongly consider trading him, especially I haven't looked exactly how many back-to-backs the the Pelicans have, but that is something to take into consideration. I mean, we talked about it last week as well, and if you're if you're an AD owner, you're in a better spot this week than you were last week. Last week, I was already have an asset. Yeah, at least at least at least you know he's going to play some games. So, but the you know you could you should be able to get some value back for him. Last week, I didn't think you would be able to. So, I say put him out there, trade him. if you keep him but you've got weekly transactions, oh, man, trying to guess how many games he's going to play and for how long, that's going to be a nightmare. Yeah, and especially towards, I think, more the end of the season, um, it, you know, it, it just it, it could get worse. So what about the other guys on the Pelicans? Um, we've got, like, Kendrick Williams has been really good um, lately. Uh, Jaleel Okafor has been really good. I know, uh, you know, Miritich is gone. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um you still got Randall there. Right. What about these other guys? What about Oak Four and Williams? Do they continue to hold any kind of value for the rest of the season? I think I think Okafor it would surprise me if Okafor didn't at least see twenty minutes. I think he's I think he's carved himself into enough of a role at this point, um, by how well he's played to guarantee twenty minutes, especially if Anthony Davis might only be playing thirty. And the fact is, like, if the Pelicans still know that they're eventually going to trade Anthony Davis in the summer and Julio Okafor keeps playing like this I mean it's a weird thing to say now but Okafor could be a, a strong rebuilding piece for them um they, except they, for they except for he's a complete free agent at the end of the season right Isn't no he? he's he's got like a really cheap uh 
a really cheap guarantee. Oh, you're absolutely contract. right. He's only 1.7 million next year, and then 2020, he's a, a unrestricted free agent. Sorry, they've got him completely on the cheap next year. Right, um, which is unexpected. And then for Williams, I I've, I bought into Williams. Um, I picked him up in in multiple deep leagues. Um, you know, he's not really in play in 10 team leagues, but 12, 14 team leagues, deeper formats. He's absolutely in play. I think he's still in play. Um, you know, he's coming off, uh, about four, I think four straight games where he's been pretty solid production. Mm-hmm. Um, he's six, seven. He's basically, he's basically the starting small forward right now. And I think he's going to be locked into that with, I mean, there's no reason for Pelicans to give those minutes to Etwan Moore or Solomon Hill. Um, so I think, I think Williams continues to see 30 plus minutes a game. What about Diallo? He's been playing well the last few few games, uh, mostly out of necessity, but also he's a restricted free agent this summer. He's only 22. They want to see what they have on him. I mean, someone's got to be the odd man out. Yeah, I mean, my guess would be him just because it's we've seen that in the past where everyone thinks like, oh, this is Diallo's time to shine, and then they can't give him the minutes that everyone thinks he deserves. Um, and they really weren't playing him. They were playing him like very sparingly earlier in the year. And once Jaleel Okafor showed some proficiency, he kind of got bumped out of the rotation. So I think at power forward and center, it's just going to be a lot of Julius Randle, Darius Miller, Anthony Davis, Jaleel Okafor. I'm not sure there's really any other minutes um, at power forward available. Maybe some Stanley Johnson. Um, he's he's an interesting um, add to just because. What do they have to lose by playing him 25 minutes a night in a new environment, seeing what happens? Um, you know, compared to his situation on the Pistons, where they're you know playing him, um, they were trying to win games, so playing him was kind of a win or lose thing. Um, now it's not so much the case. <laughs> you're but, saying you're saying playing a career 38 percent shooter is not a wise move if you want to win. No, uh, st- yeah, historically it doesn't go well. This this is cra- <laughs> this is the crazy part of the trade deadline though, and like we're not going to have time to evaluate every team that was involved in a trade during this podcast. But you know, as a fantasy player, you have to look at all of this. I mean, we're talking about the Pelicans who had basically no notable players come in via trade, right? I mean, you have like Stanley right. Johnson will probably be a part of the rotation from from here on out, but no one else of note that really was added to the rotation. And there's still tons of uncertainty about how they're going to play it from here on out. So you have to really, just for every team, look at their rotations. I think a lot of it is going to impact deeper leagues more than the shallow 8 to 10 team leagues. Um, but you know, be mindful of the rotations over the next two, three, four games and, and really make, make moves accordingly. Yeah, I have to agree. For every team. Um. One team that added somebody not through a trade, but through getting them through return from injury, uh, Brooklyn with Karis Levert. He is available to play Friday uh, today against the Bulls. Um, It's been a long road back for him. People thought when he initially injured his foot that he would be out for the year. It was a pretty gruesome injury, Um, but they are getting him back now at at a point where he's I mean, this is a crucial ad for them. Uh, because right. they are the sixth seed in the East. They're 29-27. Um, and at, at this point, it, it feels like they're playing firmly better than Charlotte, Miami, and Detroit, um, despite, you know, they're, um, they're, they don't have as much top talent as those other teams. But do you, how do you guys feel about Levert? I mean, if he's on the wire, I assume you have to pick him up. I don't know. I, I assume he would have been picked up a while ago, but are you guys expecting a full return from Levert? Um, 
uh, more of it easy. Well, not tonight. Not right, tonight. Right, He's right. 5,300 on DraftKings, which still seems a little pricey, it's assuming pricey. they ease him back. But, uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, end of, I mean, in some ways, it's like they made a nice pickup, nice trade move, right? Uh, great timing for the Nets, playing for something. I think they're going to push Levert as much as they can. Definitely a pickup. Yeah, if he's available in your league, scoop him up. Um, that's a no-brainer. Uh, he was he was great before before his injury. Might take a few games before he rounds into form and starts playing a, a full load of minutes. Um, but with that in mind, I actually have a question. He's he's not cheap on DraftKings. He's about fifty three hundred. There's tons of other values to play, but on other sites, he's cheaper than that. So if he's like around four four forty five hundred dollars. Are you guys risking it, especially if it's a site that, you know, maybe they cancel out your low score? <laughs> uh, I would consider it, but uh, there's probably still going to be – we don't know exactly who is and who isn't playing at this time for, like, the teams that were involved in trades yesterday. So a ton of value could open up on plenty of other teams. I would – if like, if everyone, uh, you know, who got traded, you know, the other day plays today and there's not much – cheap value than maybe Levert. Otherwise, I, I think you can find value elsewhere. Um, Mark Harrell value as well. <laughs> yes. Um, but staying in the East, uh, a team, well, the team at the top of the East, the Bucks, uh, have just a little bit of news today, Ken. Yeah. Uh, this isn't even their biggest piece of news, but we'll get to that later. Uh, Chris Middleton is going to rest tonight. So we just set up your DFS lineups. Know that they are Resting Middleton against a not so great Dallas team. It's the beginning of two back to, of a back to back. Giannis is probable, but probably a wise time to rest Middleton. Um, so keep that in mind. Yeah, Wogan, it honestly wouldn't surprise me if Giannis sat. I mean, they're calling him probable, but you know, the, what's I mean, I don't know if they're going to take the risk. I've seen the Bucks list guys as probable and then rule them out before. I think it happened with Bledsoe and and stuff like that. So I think if a guy's feeling less than a hundred percent in a scenario like this. Um, even though he's listed as probable, there's a strong chance he'll sit. So definitely keep an eye on the news there. Um, but if you are looking to play daily fantasy basketball and you you just haven't yet, um, it's good news because RotoWire is partnering up with DraftKings. So you can get RotoWire six month memberships for free. You just go to RotoWire.com slash DraftKings, sign up for a new account, and make a ten dollar deposit or more. You'll get six-month access to all tools and sports on rotowire.com. You'll get the DFS lineup optimizers. You'll get weekly rankings, premium articles, full-season draft software, and much more, all for $10. So then you can take that $10, enter it into other, or enter it into contests to potentially win more money. Go to rotowire.com slash DraftKings and follow the instructions. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, uh, <laughs> disclaimer, eligibility restrictions apply. New DraftKings users only. See DraftKings.com for details. You were just so enthralled with my ad read that you forgot where you were, <laughs> what your responsibilities were. Yes, um, exactly. That engaging. Um, but in case you guys didn't hear, there were a lot of trades uh, over the past couple of days. The big trade that went down early was between the Clippers and the 76ers. Um, the Clippers sent out an expiring contract in Tobias Harris, also paired along Boban Marnjanovic and Mike Scott. And what they got in return was a lot uh, from the 76ers. It was Landry Shamit, who has shown some promise. Uh, Mike Muscala, who was then rerouted eventually to the Lakers. 
uh, Wilson Chandler, a 2020 first round pick that is lottery protected from the 76ers. And then, in my opinion, one of the biggest gets from this trade is the 2021 first round pick from Miami, which is unprotected. Unprotected. Um, the big thing I'll say about that is um, Miami's financial situation is really bad. And there's a strong chance they will be a lottery team, if not a high lottery team in 2021. And uh, that could be um, what people are calling the double draft, where high schoolers can also come out. So there may be an influx of talent that year. I mean, it's... You're saying Ryan Anderson is not going to turn around the current Heat's trend. Exactly. Um, The stars would kind of have to align, but it's possible the Clippers get like a top five pick in a draft in a quote-unquote double draft for a expiring contract in Tobias Harris. Yeah, expiring contracts typically do not land that type of haul. Anyone who's arguing that the Clippers should have got more is foolish and hasn't paid attention to NBA history over the past 10, 15 years and how trades work. Um, that Miami unprotected pick is insanely valuable. Uh, Ken, do you have anybody that you feel like is a is a big standout from this trade as far as fantasy value way up or way down or is there kind of some wait and see here with guys like Landry Shamit? Well, it sure seems like a quality move for the Sixers in a non-fantasy uh, aspect. Yeah, I don't, I mean, Shamit still seems clearly blocked. Uh, they're not going to bench SGA. Uh, I think he's blocked a bit for the Clippers. I don't see his minutes going up. I assume Harris, though, his usage rate has to decline. You know, um, and then my big winners, the Rooster, were my favorite, Gallinari. He's, he's going to shoot up even more if he can stay healthy, which is a mandatory statement whenever discussing the Rooster. Yeah, I'm with you, Ken. It's it's the Rooster that sees the biggest boost in value. And then you also, your boy, Montrezl. He gets, <laughs> he, Trez! Trez. He gets, he gets a big <laughs> boost, but that's because of moves that the Clippers made after this. Uh, Muscala got forwarded on to the Lakers, um, and they also cut Gortat. So I don't, they were my, already given Trez a lot of minutes. Though, I know, you but don't he, think Zubac, you don't think they have a little interest in developing Zubac some? No, I get it. Zubac is going to get minutes too. And, and Zubac is probably, probably should be, um, I mean, one of the top three or four fantasy pickups after these trades that have all gone through. Um, he's definitely top five for me. Um, Ooh, you so think he's they play one. together? You think they move they get, keep Rooster at small forward and give Zubac and uh, Trez some time together? I do, I do. Um, Wilson Chandler's not going to get minutes for this team. They, Should yeah, no, exactly. So yeah, I mean they don't have they don't have much in their front court now. So I do expect. Uh, I do expect Montrez to get minutes at, at the four, and he should see an uptick. I mean, even though he's been playing a lot, what's he averaging, like 27 minutes per game this year? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I think the only way for Shamit to get minutes is if uh, if Doc Rivers kind of just commits to you know giving Patrick Beverly and Lou Williams fewer minutes, which is, would be completely justifiable at this point in the season. Um, although I've heard some people argue that they could still make the playoffs. I don't know if I buy that. Um, 
I think we should also. Well, that note. has, but that has also protected pick implications if they make the playoffs. Don't they lose their pick to Boston, or is it the way around? Oh, they they know. want to miss the playoffs, so they keep that pick. So essentially, by right. making this Harris trade, they actually got. There's another first round pick that no one talks about, which is the Celtics trade. The Celtics pick, they get to keep that if they fall out of the playoffs. Well, they keep so, it this year, or what's they keep it, roll it this year. Into? Yeah, it roll. I mean, it's. I think it's a worse pick, you know, down the line or whenever. But they get an extra yeah. pick in 2019. Um, if they don't make the playoffs, tank time. <laughs> yeah, there are uh, there are a lot of uh, implications um, in this trade. So uh, th- we should also note they got Jim Michael Green, um, who I mean he was he, he wasn't seeing a ton of time. He's seeing twenty two minutes a game, but maybe um, you know depending on what they do with Gallinari, Jim Michael Green could have a you know increase in fantasy value. Um, it's pretty pretty wait and see on that one, but. Uh, Ken, after the 76ers made this deal to boost their stock in the East, um, some other Eastern Conference teams felt a little maybe intimidated by it and made some moves themselves. That's so true. An Eastern arms race. Good to see. So uh, Milwaukee answers by getting uh, Nikolo Miritich, and they did not have to give up a first-round pick. There were four second-round picks floated around. It had to be a three-team trade. Pelicans get Jason Smith, Stanley Johnson, as we mentioned before, and four second-round picks. And the Pistons get Fonmaker, so that two-team deal had to expand to a three-team deal. Um, But the big coup for the Bucs is getting Miritich without any kind of a first-rounder having to be handed away. And finally, Bucs add more outside shooting, something they've needed to do for years. I assume everyone in Wisconsin is elated, gentlemen, right? Absolutely. I mean, all Bucks fans should be. Um, for yeah, for for this, it's from a fantasy perspective, it's tough to get excited about any of. Them. Uh, Miritich is is going to see his value go down in Milwaukee. He's not going to have the exact same role that he had. Like he's not going to be the number three or four scorer for the Bucks, like he was for the Pelicans. Um, you know, in some cases when the Pelicans weren't healthy, you know, he was the number two guy. That's just not going to be the case in Milwaukee. He's basically a depth option for them coming off the bench. He'll still hit some threes, but, I mean, his scoring's going to drop considerably. I mean, if he averages more than 13 points per game the rest of the way, I would be surprised. Yeah, I mean, I assume he's going to. I, I mean, his he's what Miritich is essentially doing for Milwaukee is taking minutes away from Ursan Ilyasova and TJ Wilson, who are uh, more or less combining for 24 minutes off the bench. And so it would surprise me if Miritich got 30 minutes a game, although Bugenholzer could explore more lineups with Giannis at center, uh, you know, which would open up Miritich to play the four and then, you know, Middleton at the three, so on and so forth. But yeah, I mean, maybe we see. You know, Miritich's numbers probably regress more towards like, in, you know, right now he's taking 13 shots a game. Um, I could see that move down to 10, um, although it's possible his three point attempts stay stagnant. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's he's shooting 36% from three this year, 37%. Maybe that goes up because the look should be easier on this Milwaukee team, but I would expect overall Miritich's points to go down and probably his rebounds. Because Giannis yeah. is a really strong rebounder, they want him to have the ball. Um, so, I mean, maybe we'll see his numbers, you know, push down to like fourteen and six. Um, to me, that seems more realistic for Miritich. Maybe he'll stay afloat because of increased efficiency, but 
Um, you know, if I was a Miritich owner in fantasy, I wouldn't be panicking. Um, but you have to probably accept the fact that this will hurt his stock. Shannon, are you excited about Fawn Maker joining your Pistons? No, the Pistons traded one crappy player in Stanley Johnson for another crappy player. Um, and from a fantasy standpoint, I mean, Thon Maker is not going to do anything in Detroit. The only way he sees significant run is if the team falls out of contention for that eighth seed and they bench Blake Griffin for the final seven or eight games of the season. That That's entirely feasible. But if immediately there's no reason to move on Thon Maker in Detroit. No, I think he gives them some interesting looks. Maybe with you know him instead of Zaza as a backup, you could have a stretch five in there with Blake and see theoretically how a stretch five works, even if he's not you know your final answer there. Um, but after Milwaukee made their move, uh, Toronto waited until late, but they ended up ended up getting Mark Gasol. After there were heavy rumors that Gasol was going to Charlotte, but I think it goes without saying this makes a lot more sense. Um, so <laughs> he's got to be happy. Yes, this is a this is a much better move for Gasol. Uh, so he's going to the Raptors. Um, he has a I think it's a twenty twenty five million dollar player option uh, for next year. So that'll be interesting to see what happens. But um, for now, the what the Grizzlies get in return is Jonas Valanciunas. So they get a replacement center who's twenty six years old, has shown some upside. They get Delon Wright, um, a guy also twenty six who's shown some upside to play three positions. Has played playoff minutes for the Raptors, um, and then I think CJ Miles was more of a salary throw-in. They also gave a 2024 second-round pick, which seems like a throw-in, but if the Raptors lose Kawhi, um, Lowry's gone, Gasol's gone, 2024 the Raptors could be in a full-on tank, and maybe that's the you know this, that second-round pick's the 35th pick in the draft or something. Um, so that's interesting there. Um, do you guys have any? you know, strong takeaways from this trade. Do you think the Toronto guys all see a decrease in usage? Is this going to hurt everyone's value? Is, is anyone on the Grizzly side standing out to you? I think it, I think it dings everyone's all the big men on Toronto side slightly. Um, Not enough to cut bait with Ibaka or Siakam. I mean, look at the line Siakam put up last night. You're obviously not cutting that. Um, But I do expect a slight ding for those guys. Um, the the exciting piece for me is I mean the, the two pieces that the Grizzlies guys it's Jonas Jonas Valanciunas and Delon Wright um, Valanciunas you could argue I mean if you look at per thirty six minutes stats he's better like you could argue statistically productive production wise he's already more valuable from a fantasy standpoint than Mark Marcus All if he gets the minutes so and Except I've been he's, he's an Eddie Curry when it comes to passing though what is he is a one assist a game. This year before the injury, I right. mean, it makes yeah, he's sense. Not, no, he's it, not much it, of a passer. The no, whole tr- no, the trade makes sense for Memphis, but it does. I'm not it, so gaga on JV just because his passing's terrible. Yeah, but uh, he's got elite percentages. I mean, his per 36 is like 25 and, and 14, and he's, he shoots 90% or 80% from the line and, and 57% from the floor. Like, he, if he gets over 30 minutes per game, he's going to offer great production in like four or five categories yeah yeah i have to agree um it's just a. Uh, I mean i i hope we can see valentinus get you know about 30 minutes a game because i think a lot of um i mean especially you know 
people who play fantasy basketball want to see that because they know what kind of numbers you can put up in limited minutes, which is exactly what you were saying. Um, but I think from a basketball perspective, it's really you know interesting to see what Valanciunas could do um, if they kind of you know if he was one of the lead men in an offense. Um, may not lead to a lot of wins, but he's kind of an older school post player. Has shown some ability to hit the three, which you know makes him interesting. If he can turn into you know a solid elbow passer, then he could be. I mean, he could he could definitely elevate uh, as a player in the league. Um, is there any? You know, Alex, I was I was ahead. reading your write up on this trade, and you, I, I believe, it was you or maybe it was Nick, but you guys assume Gasol starts at center. I think they're going to have him lead the second unit, and Valanciunas was getting plenty of usage doing that um, before. I I don't know why if you're Toronto you want to mess with Ibaka and Siakam. I think that seems to be working very very well. Uh, I'm sure Nurse will experiment, but I tend to think Gasol is going to lead the second unit. But what do you guys think? I mean, I think I I mean I think they'll start him, um, you know, because he ultimately would give their starting group a new dynamic as far as you know guys can. He's a great passer. And so the you know, bulk of the offense, we're going to have to lean on Kawhi Leonard and, and Kyle Lowry so much. I mean, I think it's possible, like you said, I think, I think it's likely that Gasol sees a lot of his time with the second unit also because he is, um, you know, he can be a singular offensive player and kind of, you know, be almost, um, I want to say a point guard, but kind of run a second unit. I think that makes sense. I still assume he'll start, um, you know, maybe... I could see him starting and playing 29 minutes a night like that wouldn't surprise me so if anything about Gasol I'd be more worried about just the raw minutes because they don't need him to play 35 minutes a night right, like the Grizzlies right. did yeah and at I mean we've already seen this from Toronto with the way they've handled Leonard and even other players on their team this year I would not be surprised if this just gives more flexibility to give guys like Kawhi and Mark Gasol days off um and just be creative with their with their rotation, their starting lineups. I would be surprised, Ken, if Marcus All doesn't start. Um, but but I agree. I do think he'll lead the second unit for for long stretches and play with a lot of the second unit. And they'll they'll split up the time where, like Kyle Lowry, Leonard, and Gasol won't really share the court together a ton unless it's crunch time. Like I, they they have to they have to stack those those minutes and, and split those guys up to be most effective. I, I don't mind this trade. Thank you guys. I, I don't mind this trade from either side. Cause I feel like actually neither team gave up that much, but with Gasol in general, I just worry he's 34. He, I think his stats were a little padded, frankly, just cause Memphis was bad. And right. I, I don't know. I, I'm, I don't know. People are treating this like it's as good as the Tobias Harris trade. And I mm-hmm. think that's, they're not even comparable, and I, I don't know what his contribution will be. I'm a little – I think it's a nice move for the Raptors, but this is not a huge game changer. Right. I agree with you. I, I, I think it's a nice move for both teams. I'm actually surprised Memphis didn't go. If they really could have got Malik Monk and and more from the Bobcats, to me that makes more sense for a team that's in their position uh, to take a flyer on a guy like that who's only, what, 21? Maybe maybe 21. He's probably younger than that. Um over guys like Valanciunas and Wright, who we know what they are at this stage. Yeah, I think my, I mean, my immediate reaction as of to why they would do this compared to a Malik Monk trade is Valanciunas is a hundred percent a Memphis player, like grit and grind, <laughs> like he fits their mentality as he's a slow. team. As a he's slow, um, he loves to. <laughs> he's got sharp elbows. 
Um, <laughs> and that, I think, I mean, for the Grizzlies, that's a huge part of their organizational like mentality. It's why they hung on to Gasol and Conley so long and like guys like Tony Allen and Zebo is because that's so ingrained for that team that I don't think they want that to die by like just getting Malik Monk. I think they would rather you know, maybe have a less high upside. I mean, that may not be the way to, it might, might not be quote unquote the right thing to do, but I think it at least keeps the fans happy. Um, I guess. I mean, old school centers are getting cheaper by the day. That's, uh, that's true. Yeah. But uh, I hear you. I hear you. Well, lots of other deals. We, frankly, this podcast is going for five hours. We don't really have time to cover all of them. I'll say this. I was a little surprised by the LA swap where the Clippers get uh, Evita Zubac and Michael Beasley for Mike Muscala, it's kind of a win out move for the Lakers, which I don't understand. I've I do understand they always should have been getting shooters like Muscala. I always thought signing Michael Beasley was terrible. Uh, of course, though, this does open up a roster spot. But why are they giving up on uh, Zubac so early? Unfortunately, I think they just that was the price to get the roster spot and to get a guy like Muscala. Um, and I know Beasley and Walton were allegedly arguing. Uh, so, I mean, I, I I don't know why the heck you ever sign a Michael Beasley. But can't, uh, can't you just buy out Beasley or something? Like, I don't understand. I know. Just, aren't there cheaper ways? Can you just cut right. him? Yeah, aren't there cheaper? Like, you have to attach a 21-year-old up-and-coming center to get rid of Beasley? Eating, it's, eating, it's, yeah, eating that money, taking a hit financially, seems like the better way to go than giving up good someone. Good money who, after bad. This right. is the definition <clears throat> of good money after bad. You had a good asset in Zubac that you just gave away. It makes no sense. But good for good for Zubac because he is he is now worthy of consideration in I would I would argue yeah. ten and twelve team vet. leagues. Instead of he, competing with two vets, he's competing with one vet. Yeah, I I mean I'm still of the belief that Trez is gonna get the vast majority of the minutes at center. Maybe I mean I think a twenty eight minute, you know, Trez playing time split with Zubac gained 20 minutes. To me, that seems realistic. But we know Zubac can like put in work in 20 minutes. And we could put up 10 and 10 in 20 minutes, no problem. Um, for 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 rest of this season, who do you two like better? Ivan Rob uh, for the Memphis Grizzlies, forward center type, or Zubac with the Clippers? I'm going Zubac because my <laughs> my worry with the Grizzlies is that Valanciunas is going to get minutes in the upper 20s, maybe low 30s for the first time in his career. And that instead of playing Rab as a backup, that they're just going to play Jaron Jackson Jr. as the backup four, as the backup five, and then slide people up into the four spot. Rab Rab's an odd case because his his value hit a peak like two three days before the trade deadline. You know, you had Marcus all sitting. He had a he had a couple good games. Um, double, he double played played well yeah. last night again. But guess what? He's back to like the third big man on that team now behind behind Triple J and Valanchunas. So a Rab is, to me, if you picked him up, you might as well drop him. Hopefully you didn't drop anyone good for him. I know no one's foolish enough to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Who did I drop for uh, Rab a few days ago? We got to look that up. I think Shannon uh, knows. Wasn't it Torian yeah, Prince? Uh, I think that was Prince, yes. Good Lord. I had a lot of three-point shooting, and as he, even though when he hit five threes <laughs> last night, he had one rebound. But that's a whole other topic. Possibly. Now, I Rab, I like Rab if if I know he's playing thirty minutes a game. Um, right. That's kind of like the default for any big man in the right. NBA. Like if they're playing thirty minutes, they're going to be productive. Um, but I don't, I don't see, and I don't see an inroads to him playing 
more than like 18 minutes game now that they have Valanciunas. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I mean, as far as the Lakers go, I don't think this really ups Muscala's value much. I mean, maybe, I mean, because he was already seeing more um, more run than I think a lot of people realize with um, Philly because of injury situations, and, um, essentially. Um, but um, I was going to look up his numbers, but then our stats page isn't working. Um, back to the whole paint. Back to the whole, though, like giving up on Zubach. I thought he was one. I realize it's one of many pieces, but isn't he part of the Davis trade if they ever hope to make one this summer? You know, wasn't he one of many young pieces that? I don't know. I assumes? I it's it's tough. Um, you know, because Zubac is a restricted free agent, you kind of have to. If you get his rights, you have to be willing to match what another team might offer for him and you severely i mean at least at least for the lakers you would severely risk losing him and the pelicans may not value him in that same way especially since they have you know oka for it the deal that they have him um but yeah it's it's a complicated situation for the lakers it's not ideal but they actually get a floor spacing center which they've kind of needed you know, you want to put the the four shooters around LeBron. Everybody's been saying that since, like, I you know, I was like ten years Except old. LeBron. Yeah, yeah exactly. Muscala <laughs> um, is not like a huge body or anything. I don't think I don't think he's like really bigger than Kyle Kuzma, like physically, but he's more of a, a traditional center. Um, well, I, I guess more he plays he plays slower, um, and is is more of a box out guy. But um, overall um there were a lot of trades that were made you can check the rotowire website if you need um, a refresher on everything that went down as well as some fantasy values for guys but we do want to quickly touch on uh some guys that are you know we perceive as winners from this trade um they don't have to be the biggest winners necessarily but guys that we just find interesting i'm gonna kick things off um i really i like this mark help fultz trade uh for orlando they didn't give up very much. They essentially gave up Jonathan Simmons, who was doing next to nothing uh, for them. Uh, and they gave up some essentially late first, early, you know, second round picks uh, for a guy with higher upside than anyone else you would probably draft in that scenario. And I mean, Fultz, we don't really know how things are going to go from here on out, um, you know, with his shoulder injury. He's probably not coming back this season um you know the the magic organization no good hey this is a long play for us we're hoping to keep this guy around and and um you know make sure he can get right um you know the magic i mean they were we thought they were maybe going to be competitive vucevic has been trying his heart out to drag them into the playoffs (laughs) it hasn't been working aaron gordon hasn't made enough improvements to drag them there either um jonathan isaac they have no point guard they have no point guard you know jonathan isaac's <laughs> been good on defense but his offense is still lagging behind for the magic Mobamba's not getting any minutes yeah well Mobamba just got a surgery done on his leg um so i mean this is i think this is a this is a almost no lose scenario for the magic for you know um the the phrase former number one pick doesn't really mean as much with Fultz anymore people throw it around but um he's still a talented player even if you know the shot's not there and 
Um, I think it, I think it was a fair risk to take. I wouldn't. I fantasy wise, I wouldn't pick him up. I would still just completely back off unless you're in some like ridiculous, you know, twenty team league or something like that. Yeah. And, What's and, the percentage chance, you guys, that we see a D'Angelo Russell like comeback for faults? Like ten percent. Well, D'Angelo Russell was always productive. Um, you know, it was just off the course stuff that made people hate him. <sighs> we are. We all know he's a god on the hardwood. <laughs> okay, here we go. I should have. I mean, it's the truth, the though. That is the truth. He's never had struggles on the court like like Fultz. No one really has that. You know, a top pick like that with that kind of pedigree. Um, the the news already on Fultz is that you know there's there's a good chance he doesn't play at all this season. Um, so I'm with Alex there. Don't worry about picking him up. I mean, if you're in dynasty leagues, yeah, yeah, might as well. But that's that was already the case in Dynasty Leagues. Right. Um, this year, I don't expect much. I love the trade for Orlando. You have to – why not do it? I think there's pl- – any other team – I'm surprised there weren't other teams who were willing to pay more than that for Fultz just for the chance. Um, my winners are three guys. So I'm looking at – there's a lot of guys, a lot of moves that were made. I mean, just a ton. We didn't even talk about, like, Otto Porter going to Chicago. That's true. So, like, just tons of Barnes. moves and big names. Kings. Yeah, Barnes yeah. going to the Kings. I mean, the Kings – Got Barnes, and they also got Alec Burks. Yeah, like that Kings, that Kings rotation, and and, nice. and who's playing? Like it, Bogdanovich could see a hit because they have Barnes and Burks now. Like there's multiple players that could be impacted w- with the Kings. So every, I mean, every single team, like I stressed earlier, you have to take a look, see how their rotations play out over the next three, four games. Um, but I'm so I'm looking at guys who, in my opinion go from basically they had no value in like 10 or 12 team leagues. Um, and now they're in, I would rank them as top 100 guys for the rest of the season. Now, granted, not top 50 guys, not top 60 guys, more like in that 80 to 100 range, but you've got Tyler Johnson mm-hmm. now in Phoenix. He, he has already been announced as the starter for tonight's game. Um, we got Luke Kennard in Detroit, the Pistons traded away Reggie Bullock. They traded away Stanley Johnson You've got basically no one else. Glenn Robinson has the third has played limited minutes for that team. He hasn't put up any stats. I think Kennard's going to get just as many minutes as he can handle for the rest of the season. Uh, and then Valanciunas, as we discussed, you know he he's coming off injury, so there's very good chance he was he was um, dropped in your leagues. He's healthy. He's back now. Um, his minutes have to go up with Memphis, even if he's not playing 32 minutes. If he, if he only gets 27 or 28. Um, he's proven that that's enough run for him in past seasons to put up top 100 production. Yeah, and uh, I, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Kennard. I hope he gets, I hope he gets, you know, 25 to 30 minutes. I think he's an interesting prospect. He's shown some ability to handle the ball. I was looking they lost at two wing. Doesn't he have to get that many minutes? I mean, they lost Bullock and Johnson, right? Like. Yeah. What's the threat? I mean, Bruce Brown's already Bruce been Brown. starting for that team, um, and and get but not playing a ton of minutes, like playing like eighteen minutes a game while starting. Um, but Bruce Brown is Bruce Brown, right? I mean, no one even knows who he is. It's like a cheap Stanley Johnson, which isn't saying isn't coming. The funny Bruce Brown's actually probably better than Stanley Johnson's right. ever been, and and that still that's not saying anything, but. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, they don't have anything. They have to. It's not that those minutes are not going to Glenn Robinson. They're going to go to Kennard. I'm not even that big of a fan of Kennard, but the Pistons are in a position where like they need him to develop into something, even if it's just an asset they can later flip. They they can't afford to have him just be nothing. 
Right. And there there was some um, a little bit of pushback on this Tyler Johnson trade because, you know, Phoenix was yeah, – everyone's like, Phoenix needs a point guard. Um, and they ended up trading for essentially a combo guard in Tyler Johnson. And I was looking at his, uh, his career highs. Tyler Johnson's career high for assists is nine. Um, it's kind of the opposite of a point guard. <laughs> Yeah, he's definitely not a point guard, but I actually it's like think they're scared of point guards. I actually like think a combo like guard. Really worried. A combo guard, I think, goes well with Booker. No, I, I think like, so too. Yeah, I mean, Booker. Booker is the lead dog. He should have the ball in his hands a ton. So I actually, I don't hate that they went with a combo guy like Johnson. Uh, Ken, you have a few guys for us. Well, we mentioned the rooster, uh, very much like a canard situation. Dorian Finney-Smith is going to get some crazy minutes with the Mavs. Uh, you know, they already dealt wings in the unicorn trade, but also then yesterday dealt Harrison Barnes. So there's just a ton of minutes to be had uh, for Finney Smith. Uh, and then I do think Bobby Portis, I mean, his main competition for minutes is Jeff Green, who I think's 107, maybe 108. Uh, would love to see some serious run for Bobby Portis. And I believe he's finally going to get some yeah killer minutes With- on a team that, Needs to play the youngsters. Well, and I mean, I, I, I don't think Bobby Portis is um, has any kind of future with Washington. So I, I'm skeptical. Um, I, you know, Port, Portis, Parker, you've got Jeff Green, you've got Thomas Bryant. I don't know how they're going to divvy up those minutes. Right. Um, I need to wait and see. You think, you think Portis's future with Washington is worse than Jeff Green's future with Washington? I think they're all equal. I don't think any of those players are going to be on the team next year. I don't think Parker's going to be on the team next year. But I would I would actually give the edge if I'm picking between Portis and Parker. I might go Parker. I I I don't know. I it's honestly it's a coin flip, but that that's the thing. I'm not saying that Portis doesn't have upside. He does. But I mean, this team has been willing to give Jeff Green 30 minutes of run. So, I <laughs> I mean, they've been willing to do it for most of the season, so why would they stop? And we'll see. Portis is a ref- restricted free agent next year. Um, uh, Green is unrestricted, but uh, very old. I don't know. I, I think, I think just contract wise. And then uh, they do have a twenty million dollar team option for Parker, uh, which just strikes me as insane. Uh, I'm not sure how that evolved, but I, something tells me they're not going to pick up that option. No, that was always a, a kind of a weird signing at the time. Um, as as always, I'm perpetually interested in Bobby Portis. Um, I'm not sure how many minutes they'll take away from Thomas Bryant to make it happen. Um, Jan Mahinmi shouldn't play, so that should automatically give Portis some time. Um, but the Wizards, I mean, by not trading Beal, seems like they at least have some interest in being competitive. I mean, they might be able to sign Thomas Agaransky in the offseason. The Wizards are a mess. I'm happy. They're, t- they're also talking even weirder wizard news. There's talk about how how do they lock up Trevor Reza for future years? I'm like, what is he's, isn't he the only yeah. guy on the, the roster older than Jeff Green? He's I not. He's don't understand that at still. all. It's a it's, it's, it's embarrassing that that team did not trade Ariza or or Jeff Green oh, before the deadline for a bushel of balls. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> all right. So, who wins the East after all the trades yesterday? I'm sticking with Milwaukee just because they've already been winning the East and they gave up virtually nothing uh, to get Nikola Mirotic to replace minutes from Ersan Ilyasova and uh, DJ Wilson. Um, 
I think the Toronto deal was nice. I don't think it's a it's not really a blockbuster in my opinion because they're only really upgrading from a very serviceable Jonas Valanciunas to kind of an aging Marcus Gasol. I I feel like that jump isn't as dramatic as the Philadelphia trade, which is essentially an upgrade from a washed up Wilson Chandler to Tobias Harris. Um that move seems dramatic. Overall, I'm sticking with Milwaukee. They just keep they just they just keep blowing teams out. Um and oh yeah, I just I just have the most confidence in them. I might be a little biased, but who yeah. you got, Ken? I am as biased as Alex is, but I'm a homer for the Celtics. I still like Boston. I agree that Gasol doesn't move the needle that much for the Raptors. Uh, I love the Tobias Harris trade, but I think there's not enough time for those guys to gel. And frankly, I I bet we hear at least one PR explosion from Jimmy Butler on shots and distribution. And it's going to be – they still have no bench. Uh, They still have no bench in Philly. Um I don't think Simmons helps much. He doesn't shoot well. They need shooters. Uh, I do. I think Milwaukee's second to me, um, then Toronto, then uh, then and Philly. But uh, I'm staying in Boston. I don't know. I foolishly think they're still. Hayward is showing improvement. Um, boy, that Lakers loss was humiliating. But I, 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 I guess I'm just a shameless homer. Boston's not even making the conference finals, but. Oh. <laughs> I mean, they are they are in a. I don't even think they should be in in the discussion. There's a top three teams now. Uh, I mean, with with the Sixers, um, they'll get depth. They traded for James Ennis. Um, they'll get some guys on the buyout market. They'll get more depth. They haven't had depth since they traded for Jimmy Butler. The pieces they traded uh, yesterday were, were not depth. Those were garbage pieces, anyways. So they're going to be fine. Any concern? Any concern you two have? This is my concern with the Bucks. Love the Miritich deal, by the way. My concern with is the old school, you have to be there before to know what you're doing well. You know, they that's a roster that has not played in the Eastern Conference Finals. They have not battled through some gruesome seven-game series. They did. They, al- they, they almost beat Boston, Ken, last they, year. They played a seven-game series against Boston last not. year. With a garbage. They, they had the worst coach in okay. the league and almost beat Brad Stevens, Boston <laughs> well, Celtics. That, that is extremely valid, hey. actually, yeah. I the agree. Coaching improvement is super valid. I agree with that, Ken. But I think if but but this this Bucks team is different. Um, you mentioned how these teams like the Sixers or Raptors won't have time to gel. The Bucks have gelled better than any team in the NBA this season. They have, you know, their yep. their point differential is the best point differential since the seventy three win Warriors. It's the best point differential in the Eastern Conference um, in decades. This team is legit, and the reason why is because they've all gelled. They've bought in the system. They play their roles. They take turns dominating. You've got guys. I mean, Middleton took Bledsoe's a step back. Bledsoe, to, yeah. Bledsoe's playing amazing this year. Giannis, you know, is 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 second in the MVP running right now. This team had only got better with Miritich. Miritich is an easy piece to fit in there. All all he's gonna do is shoot threes. You look at his his shot chart map. It's identical to the Bucks shot chart map. Like he's basically already playing their system for a different team. Right. Um, there's nothing that I I would be amazed if the Bucks. I'm gonna desperately cl- I'm desperately to clean. I, I mean, I'm Toronto, desperately t- clinging to veteran experience. I think Toronto <laughs> Toronto is a little bit scarier now. Um, but but to me, Toronto and Milwaukee are the clear top two options. Yeah, I mean, so can Shannon, I? Can, Shannon, T-shirt bet on whether the 
Celtics make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. I was literally I was trying to Google odds for that while you guys were talking. I couldn't get updated ones. So God, that team is gonna burn and Danny Ainge is probably finally come out as this overrated hack after you know, after <laughs> Kyrie leaves. I'm loving it. I can't wait. Is it seven to one? Eight to one? Can't wait. They, you think you guys right, gotta so, figure this out okay well yes a, we off air we will make a bet on that ken i am uh, down correct. that's fine the now the eastern conference we all right so we need to go we need to run through some DraftKings picks really quick yep alex yep. give me give me a couple guys that you're targeting for tonight uh you know one guy i mean we we talked about him earlier but luke Kennard, um definitely interesting at 3500 on DraftKings. um you know if you're looking to go uh up up the scales a little bit we're not still entirely sure i don't think if tobias harris uh is playing for the 76ers um if he does not play then i would strongly consider ben simmons um or really just any of the the core for the 76ers you could also go tj mcconnell you should get plenty of run there so um butler butler's actually really affordable right now on DraftKings. yeah i would i would look there um but for the sake of brevity i'll, I'll move on to you shannon so for me, there's a lot of guys, and and it all a lot of it depends on on whether or not they're playing. I mean, the one guy who got traded, who I have in my lineup right now, is Tyler Johnson because Phoenix has already announced he's going to start. Right, he's at forty three hundred. Um, Dennis Smith Jr. is at fifty eight hundred. He's playing Detroit. He just put up thirty nine fantasy points against the Pistons earlier this week. I think he's a must play on DraftKings. Um, Luke Kennard, we discussed earlier, he's only thirty five hundred. Sorry to steal your thunder there, no, Ken. Um, <laughs> and, and one other guy who I don't think you'll see mentioned much, uh, Colin Sexton. Um, the Cavs traded away Alec Burks. Sure. Um, they're playing Washington. Basically, anyone who plays Washington has gone off this season. Uh, Sexton's faced him three times. He's averaging thirty one fantasy points per game against him. Um, he, he's coming off a 41 fancy point outing. It depends with Sexton. Like if love returns tonight, I might move off of him. Um, and love is currently a game time decision. Uh, so keep, keep tabs on that. That impacts Larry Nance and whatever their center, their, their four European centers name is. Um, so yeah. Zizic? Oh, Ante Zizic. Sorry. Zizic. I, I, I was, got it right. All right. Cool. I was looking at, I got lost in Kelly Olenek's minutes. Yeah. So, uh, so <laughs> I think Sa- Sexton's well, a sneaky. If I had a dollar for every time, I'd gone down that <laughs> rabbit hole. <laughs> well, we just, you know, right, well, he's, the only yeah. name I'll throw in or add is uh, Finney Smith, who already mentioned. I just think he's going to get insane minutes for the Mavs. Uh, and he's only 3,900. You know, my, my main contribution to our daily. Uh, discussion is just cheapies that uh, we should consider. So consider Dorian Finney-Smith. I mean, well, now's the best time of the year uh, for cheapies because of all the, the trade maneuverings and stuff. So uh, huge, huge point totals in lineups um, for the next couple days here. Um, to wrap things up, Ken, uh, you have an old man rant for us. As I, I'm going to go to a familiar theme here. Young Lakers. Oh, boo-hoo-hoo. It must be hard to play with all this trade chatter. You know, the fact is they suck and are making millions. Ingram, terrible. Gain 25 pounds and get back to me. Ball cannot shoot and is hurt. Kuzma. Uh, okay, actually, Kuzma's really good. I'm not going not gonna to go there. But the fact is, if Ingram, a number two pick, and Ball, a number two pick, weren't so bad, Anthony Davis would be in L.A. right now. How about this? Get off social media, tell dad to shut up, and play well enough where someone actually wants you on their team. Eh. So, 
how good would the Lakers be if they had D'Angelo Russell right now? <laughs> good point. Can good I, point. Can I feel like this place, this rant is coming from a, a place of true anger after the Lakers actually beat the Celtics last night, despite uh, the That's Celtics fair. being favored by nine. Rondo. 100%. Rondo. And you know what? Dagger. They were up 18, up 18 in the first. And you could just tell the Celtics were like, oh, this is easy. These guys are terrible. As if LeBron James isn't still you know, right. playing for the Lakers. But, and then, and you know what? And Scal, the, the halftime show of the NBC Boston, they're showing all these open shots. They're high-fiving each other like the game's over, completely forgetting uh, that LeBron James plays for the Lakers. Now, the Lakers did hit a franchise record, 22 threes. They went 9 of 11 from three-point land uh, in the third quarter against Boston, who is – uh, going into the game was the best defensive team against the three-pointer. I wonder if that's changed after last night's uh, drumming. But yeah, that was such a brutal. Oh, I knocked over my bourbon. I was so upset. It was. Oh. But if someone had to beat us, at least it was cute for Rondo to hit a game. His first ever career NBA game winner uh, in the Garden. Yeah, I've uh, I've really been enjoying these LeBron heat check. Not even heat check threes over the past two games. They're just he like, hit like a fifty-foot three. Yeah, without <laughs> even like, with twenty seconds left on the shot clock, you know, right. like you, you know, I'm like holy, yeah. I think by then the the Celtics are still up ten or something, but you're like, oh my god! And then he just drained a few more of those. It was a little crazy. Yeah, I'm I'm really I hope you know, and he did the same thing against Indiana in his second game back. He took a shot from like two feet inside the Pacers logo and just drained it. And I hope that uh, I hope all this this trade situation, not getting Anthony Davis, the team, you know, frustrating him. I hope that we just turn, we just see like a LeBron not care and just start launching right, right. up like two thirty footers a game. Just he's, he's actually <laughs> been doing it all season. Like there, there's data. Like he he made it an effort. That was that was the thing he uh, that was the thing he improved. You know, like earlier in his career, he, he's like, oh, I got, I need a post game. This year, one of the things he improved on in the off season was I want to be able to shoot those long Steph Curry threes. It's it, it's ridiculous seeing him take those. Um, it's almost like you know everyone says the. Um, you know that the dad move is is all the post game, but maybe the dad move is just like gingerly walking up past half court and firing away. It it is in Madison Rec in khakis, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, I don't think we had any mispronounced names in this podcast. Um, at least that I, I remember. Trend when I should have said heat. That was bad. Oh uh, well, whatever. you know, live and learn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so thank you everybody uh, for joining us on the RotoWire Fantasy Basketball podcast presented by DraftKings. uh ken you know you you have an old man rant but you also have a quote for us at the end of these things yeah you know uh you're right that anger was purely over the loss last night we're gonna go to la again to kyle kuzma who is my favorite of the young lakers uh when they asked him this week about it you know how do you avoid the trade rumors he just said he he laughed and said maybe i should bird box i like that Attention, passengers, this three-car fantasy train wreck has hit the end of the line. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.